This Healthy Conversations COVID-19 podcast was recorded on August 7th, 2020. As we continue through these unprecedented times, our children may be experiencing uncertainty and confusion about the pandemic. Fortunately, with the help of medical experts, we can effectively educate, protect, and support our children to find comfort and safety in our homes. We're going to talk about it today with Dr. Tamara Battle, pediatrician and chair of the Governing Board of Directors at Sierra Vista Regional Medical Center. This is Healthy Conversations, the podcast from Tenet Health Central Coast. I'm Prakash Chandran. So, Dr. Battle, it's great to have you here today. Let's get right into it. How exactly are we supposed to explain COVID-19 to our young children? I would recommend keeping explanations simple. One could start with explaining that COVID-19 is a shortened name for coronavirus disease 2019. It is a new virus that scientists and doctors are still learning about, and the most common symptoms are cough, fever, and shortness of breath. Yeah, that makes sense for explaining exactly what COVID-19 is. But what about the whole concept of shelter in place? You know, they're not able to do the things that they were used to anymore. So how do you go about explaining that to a child? It is challenging to have such a major disruption in in everyday lives, and during the summertime, typically, there are family vacations that have since been canceled. This can certainly lead to increased worrying in children. It is important to reassure that your child is safe, but because the virus is spread from person to person, it is recommended that we limit our interactions with other people. Yeah, and in explaining that, you can probably also dovetail into a conversation around why it's so important that all of us wear face masks, right? Yes, I would agree. Face masks are a barrier to help decrease droplets from the mouth and nose of one person from traveling through the air onto another person. It is recommended that people over the age of two years wear masks in public settings and when around others that do not live in their household. This is an attempt to decrease the spread of the virus. You know, I know that you have probably talked to lots of parents around how their children are responding to this. And I imagine that there's a lot of pushback from children because their whole world has been turned upside down. They can't go outside. They can't interact with their friends the way they used to. The face masks can be annoying. So maybe talk a little bit about that, about some of the challenges that you're hearing and what a parent might do about it. I've had a lot of parents explain or describe challenges that they've had in their own household and with children initially trying to adhere to wearing the mask. It's sometimes helpful to make it more fun. I've seen a lot of superhero masks or their favorite color, and it can help to get them to agree to wearing the mask and just approaching it that this is kind of a new norm. This is our everyday lives and to try and be as safe as possible, these are some changes that we need to make. I love the idea of the superhero masks and kind of making it something fun that kids can feel like they can still express play during this whole thing. So how about when kids are inside the home? Like what are some things that parents can do to make life feel somewhat normal when they're inside? That's a great question. I mean, how do we act normal during a very abnormal time? I typically recommend to my families that I see in clinic to keep a healthy routine, such as a consistent wake time and uh, bedtime, and somewhat planning a day. A predictable day is reassuring to the developing mind. They can start with a consistent wake time, getting dressed, having breakfast, some play, and then going to lunch or a snack. Parents can be realistic with expectations of themselves and their child, especially when distance learning resumes. We're all going to have adjustments and challenges, and it's important to communicate to your child's instructor. 
And it's important to, even for small successes throughout the day, celebrate it with encouraging words. Those small tokens of kindness can make all the difference. Absolutely. Now, you know, you said earlier, just up at the top, around how to explain COVID-19 to your young child. But I'm curious as to how do you balance explaining to them what it is and the severity of this disease without frightening them? That's a great question. This pandemic has been stressful to all of us. And children really rely upon their parents to interpret how they can react and if it's okay for them, are they feeling safe? So I recommend for parents to remain calm and address their child at an age-appropriate level. You can answer their questions simply and honestly, recognize the emotions and how their child is feeling at that time. I definitely recommend limiting unsupervised exposure to the news media and social outlets, news and social media outlets. Keep in touch with loved ones via you know, phone calls, video chats. Even with their friends, they can have a Lego time with one of their close friends um, and offering extra comfort and love. Yeah, that is good advice. You know, I personally have a young daughter. She's two years old. You know, in her mind, <laughs> nothing has really changed. Like, maybe there's uh, the world is a little bit different. But it also must be kind of challenging for parents with teenagers who might have phones and then access to the media that you're talking about. Do you have any tips or tricks for potentially having conversations with older children that might kind of be exposed to more than the younger ones are? Sure, it's a great question. I think it's important that parents check in with their teens periodically and have some cell phone free time and just ask them, how are they feeling? What is it that concerns them? Are they worried about something? And then from that point, offshoot into a conversation to address their concerns. Sometimes silence from a teenager is, can thought be reassuring, but they can have a lot of turmoil going on internally. So it's very important to even check in with a teenager that seems to be doing okay. Yeah, that's good advice. I was talking to a friend a couple days ago. His son just turned six. And normally, you know, they always like to do a big birthday party. But for obvious reasons, they did not do that this year. And that was actually very hard for my friend's son. I don't think he really understood. So when children are looking forward to these special occasions like birthdays or things that potentially annually they're used to, what advice might you give to help set expectations and really just help explain to the child that we can't do the same things we used to anymore? Well, I think you, you kind of stated it there that you have to set appropriate expectations. You know, the child obviously looks forward to having a birthday every year as they should. But again, these are different times and just reframing it for them and stating, you know, maybe in six months we can do something and celebrate. But for right now, we just need to keep it kind of to our own household or maybe there's a parade that goes by and people wave, that sort of a thing. But it's important to kind of refocus to this is what we're doing right now to keep everyone as safe as possible. And in the future, we can start to expand our circle. I think that makes sense. I think really explaining that this won't be something that will last forever, even though it feels that way right now, but that there is a future to look forward to and that they just have to be a little bit more patient until we get there. So you've offered some great advice here today. Just before we close, is there anything else that you want to share with our audience around explaining COVID-19 to their children? I think it's challenging to get so much information into one conversation. At times, different topics will come up. So I often will reach out to the American Academy of Pediatrics, which has a great collection of parent-friendly handouts and 
podcast and little snippets of information at healthychildren.org. And the Centers for Disease Control also has a wealth of information available at cdc.gov. That is super helpful. And I would also encourage all the listeners to go and visit and consume those resources because I don't think that it's talked about enough just how much it does affect our children and just everything has kind of been turned upside down. So the more resources that we have as parents to help our children, the better it's going to be. Wouldn't you say, Dr. Battle? I would absolutely agree. And I would want all the parents to remember this is hard. Parenting is hard and we need to remember to do some self-care as well. And if they are ever concerned about the physical or mental health of themselves or their child, they need to seek care from their provider or their child's pediatrician. Yes, very good advice. Self-care is paramount. You know, you take care of yourself, you can take care of your children. So Dr. Battle, I truly appreciate your time today. This has been hugely informative. That's Dr. Tamara Battle, pediatrician and chair of the governing board of directors at Sierra Vista Regional Medical Center. Thanks for checking out this episode of Healthy Conversations. For a referral to Dr. Battle or another provider, call the Tenet Health Central Coast Physician Referral Line at 866-966-3680. If you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels. And if you'd like to subscribe to the podcast, log on to tenanthealthcentralcoast.com slash about slash podcast. This has been Healthy Conversations, the podcast from Tenant Health Central Coast. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.